This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I ran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind Forget the race, find an open space, be that city far behind Hey there, howdy, thank you for tuning in and thank you for telling a friend that you hang out on the other side of Texas dealing with some real first world issues as I come out of the gate. I got up this morning and my kids had gotten up at whatever 30 and everybody knows the program is brought to you by my iPad Pro. Woke up and they had been playing it long enough for the battery to already be at 50%. And I'm, I'm up at like 6.30. Like when do these people wake up? And... I come to the show, try to get out my Apple pen. I know, like, this is a show that focuses on rural issues, and I'm talking about, like, uh, iPad Pros and pencils. But this show is brought to you by an iPad Pro, and I don't have my pencil. So I'm all thrown off from the very beginning. But playing through and efforting through right here, J. West Texas Lease, another edition of the other side of texas and glad to say that today as we roll along here we have our friend comedian john sims how are you or john lewis john lewis sims john lewis hold on let me get your mic right there you go oh great good can you hear me now yeah we got Perfect. you now it's fantastic i don't know how you squeeze that crowd in here to applaud for me but i appreciate you yeah. doing it john lewis here with us as we roll along and uh we're broadcasting from the racer car wash studios racer racer <laughs> car wash voted lubbock's best wash around for five years running stop into one of five convenient locations across hub city for the best wash around guaranteed they're at racer wash Com. You'll be a part of the program. You're welcome to text in 806-745-5800 as we roll along here. We will have, coming up in about 10 minutes from now, Michael Lindenberger from the Dallas News. He's on the editorial board, editorial writer with the Dallas Morning News, a Texas lawmaker, state senator, goes to Russia and says that he went there to tell them to stop meddling in U.S. elections, and guess what? His visit succeeded. Uh, Amen. John, John Lewis and I'll get into other... His name's Don Huffines. He's been on the program that we were doing previously here, whenever it was West Texas Drive. Uh, Don Huffines has been on that program, and... Uh, we're going to throw out some suggestions coming up at 5.30 on other things that we need to put Don Huffines on. I've got a couple ideas. Apparently, he stopped Russian meddling in U.S. elections single-handedly um, right there out of the Texas legislature. Uh, but first, what you're probably tuning in for, we're making a name for, we need to get you the latest. 
go ahead and cue the music. The latest. Rager Gate, the latest ongoings in the biggest scandal in West Texas. Rager Gate, your update here on the other side of Texas. Uh, a couple of news points that I want to take you into. Our friend Sarah Self Warbrick with the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. With a good story today, a couple of good stories actually, uh, this morning there on your front page of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal was the story that there are a lot of people in limbo right now. Now the big question is how many people, we have taken Rager Dyke's statistics, whether it be awards that they've won or otherwise, based upon Rager Dyke's, for instance, a lot of the awards they nominated themselves and so we've taken a lot of the information that's been provided at face value that now i think it's fair to say maybe we shouldn't take things at face value hmm. from regular dykes eh, that's within the bounds yeah at this well, i mean point. it's like it's like the nixon thing man you know at this point there's too many layers of conspiracy for us to just settle on the thing that they say. We have to dig deep. And yeah. that's what we do on the other side of Texas. Yeah, we, we dig deep we into the go real deep story. Here. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's worth firing it up again. The media didn't want to challenge Nixon either, did they? But we don't so, care. We don't care who it is. So what we know now, based upon reporting from the Avalanche Journal uh, this morning, is that there are lots of people who have been put on leave so imagine that you're, you've been, or let's say you're a 45-year-old mechanic. You got kids, they're older now, and you've got a middle, I mean, you got a middle-class job, and you've done it for a long time, and all of a sudden, the world has shifted on its axis, in that axis, in that Rager Dykes, has filed bankruptcy and you've been put on leave now if you go to file for unemployment where does that leave you it leaves you in an un uh, you don't have a status and the texas workforce commission is going to say well you can't file for unemployment because you've not been fired so what do you do and so the question becomes how many people are there? And there's no definitive answer to that. And what we're going to find more and more is that there aren't definitive answers to a lot of these things. And so it's going to become the job of full-time journalists like Sarah Self Warbrick and others to get to that number through freedom of information requests. How many people are how many people are out right now? And and obviously they've been filed they've been They've not been terminated, but once they are terminated, if they are terminated, because that leads into the next story I want to get into, this also from Sarah Self-Warbrick, is the reorganization that they're seeking to do. So maybe everybody is on leave until there's reorganization under Chapter 11, and, record, and this is what I'll read for you. Documents filed in Lubbock Bankruptcy Court late on this uh, yesterday asked for a corporate investigation of former Rager Dykes chief financial officer 
and possibly others in what uh, led to the dealership's financial legal issues. Shane Smith is listed as the CFO on the Regerdike's website where he's worked for years. The court documents only address the quote former CEO. So this is the first time that we've heard that Shane Smith is now the former CEO, CFO, excuse me, so, and it didn't even state his name, it just said the former CFO. (laughs) Imagine getting kicked out the door so hard that they won't even mention your name. Ouch. Yeah, and he's asking, wait, who, who kicked me out? Right, well I would be too. You won't even say my name now? A woman who answered Smith's contact number from the Raider Docs Auto Group website said Smith no longer works for the company. So that's another development that now I think that you can logically deduce. That's the legal term, by the way. That's how you talk about it on the radio. You can logically deduce that Shane Smith is being drawn out to be the fall guy for whatever was going on at Rager Dykes. Mm -hmm. So now you've got the shaping of the events to come that uh, apparently, again, logically deduced, Shane Smith is going to be the fall guy here. And I'm not sure how long I'm going to venture a guess and say he's been there five years, six years, maybe seven but Rager Dykes has been in an explosive growth for the better part of a decade. So what was going on before he got there? Why was he brought there? And now Shane Smith is going to have his time to talk about what's going on. And uh, from his perspective, when he's ready to talk, this article that Sarah Self Warbrick posted did not quote him. He's been unavailable for comment thus far so they're looking to reorganize and look essentially at illegal activity that was done by the former cfo Hmm. so that gives a shape of things to come the biggest questions for me going forward what does shane smith have to say and then people who are on leave right now who were there before shane smith what do they have to say about the culture of the company what was going on before he even got there that's going to be interesting and i've got i'm going to lay out my big theory let's hear it coming up well i'm not i'm going to tease it Uh right now we're going to go to break we're going to get in with michael lindenberg from lindenberger excuse me from the dallas morning news we're going to come back and we're going to get into Russia and how a Texas lawmaker apparently has saved U.S. democracy from Russian meddling. We're gonna—that's gonna be a great story. <laughs> it's real comedian fodder for people like yourself. Oh, there's plenty of room there, man. Yeah. So, gonna get into that. John Lewis riding along with us here on your other side of Texas. Gonna go to about 90 seconds, and then we're gonna get back in with you here on the program. Uh, John Lewis, your thoughts 
thus far. Well, my only thought about Russia is uh, I feel bad for him, man. You know, I watched the World Cup, watched him lose there, you know. They had a hard time. Lost to Croatia, actually, which is hard, you know. Soccer's a lot harder when you can't play with handguns, though. <laughs> yeah, you feel, okay. You wanted a joke, you got a joke. There it is. I bring the jokes, okay. fellas. We are uh, going to get into break. Get back in here. Johnny can't drink because Johnny ain't 21. On your other side of Texas. We want to go now to Dallas Morning News editorial board member and also uh, editorial board writer. He's got the latest on how a Texas lawmaker saved American democracy by his own words, by his own account. Uh, He is Michael Lindenberg of the Dallas Morning News. Michael Lindenberg, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, Jake. Well, glad that you would come on. Uh, would you have thought, whenever you began this week, Michael Lindenberg, that uh, you would have been interviewing a Texas lawmaker about potentially, according to his own account, uh, saving American democracy from Russian meddling? Well, it wasn't on my radar, but I had been watching uh, Rand Paul pretty carefully because I'm, a, I'm from Kentucky, and so he's from my home state. And so I knew that this trip was, was going down. Um, and, of course, Senator Paul's been pushing back against the, the sort of get tough on Russia rhetoric in Washington for several weeks now. What do you mean by pushing back? Uh, saying that we're maybe too tough on Russia, that we need to value the um, opportunity for a dialogue. Okay. It's just basically, uh, you know, in the, in the fuel over um, President Trump's meeting with uh, Putin, uh, there was obviously a lot of criticism, and Paul was saying that that was too harsh, that we need to uh, improve our relations with uh, Russia. So um, It's something the president actually has been arguing. So. Well, so Rand Paul, the son of former Texas Congressman Ron Paul, and anybody who's followed Ron Paul knows that he has a different, a very different uh, foreign diplomacy plan then you know, he always calls them neocons, you know, like George W. Bush and invading nations yeah. and those sorts. So it comes from a different sort. But let's let's cue the conversation here because we try to deal with Texas politics on the show, and I want this to be easy and accessible for people. You have 31 Texas senators in the Texas Senate, and we have uh, the Texas lawmaker in question is a Texas senator. His name is Don Huffines. He was elected, I believe, sworn in in 2015. Beat John that Corona. That's right. Yep. Yeah, beat John Corona uh, in like a post-Obama reactionary. I, this is my. This is how I'm going to say it. You don't have to say it this way, Michael. But uh, a Obama reactionary election. And so Don, Don Huffines takes down John Corona at that point, a very well-known name uh, within your neck. And I can't call it the woods because we don't have woods out here. Um, <laughs> so, Michael Lindenberg, you get on. So when do you find out that Don Huffines is in Russia? And what's your first thought? I mean, mine is, what is Don Huffines doing in Russia? Well, our reporter, uh, Lauren McGahey, had reported this, and in fact there was some initial confusion over which of the brothers uh, had actually gone, mm-hmm. uh, but she found out that they both went, uh, both Don and his brother. Um, so let me, let me his interject brother. here. Of yeah. the Huffines auto dealer, 
I mean, it's a huge auto dealership in the Metroplex, uh, Huff That's right. But go ahead. Yeah, and so um, they both went over. I think they were, uh, in, well, they, I do know they were invited by Senator Paul, um, probably because uh, there's relationships that go way back even to his father's political career. I think one of the Huffines may have been a financial uh, you know, finance guy for one of Ron Paul's campaigns, but I'm not sure of the exact relationship. Wait, r- relation? Did I just mi- relationships with Russians? Ron no, Paul. with with, with Senator Paul. Paul and his father, Ron oh, Paul. Okay, all right, okay. So the Huffines connections to the Pauls. So that's right. so that's why we see pictures of Rand Paul and right beside him is Don Huffines. Okay. Yeah. So, Don Huffines was invited by the senator by Senator Paul to accompany him on this trip. Okay. So, what's the immediate reaction within the newsroom and within your readers and otherwise about like okay, they're f- longtime family friends, but why is Don Huffines in Russia? Yeah, I, I'm not going to speak for the reaction to you know from other folks. I think I was surprised to see it. wasn't you know, shocked to see it. It was, you know, Senator Paul had been talking about this trip for quite some time. Um, so he invited uh, the Huffines to come with him. I wanted to know why he went, and that's why I arranged the interview to talk to him at length about what his yeah. purpose over there was, and, and that's what we did. Okay, so you arranged this interview. It's there at DallasNews.com. You arranged the interview, and you when did you conduct the interview? This morning at 7 a.m. It was about 4 o'clock in St. Petersburg. Okay. And so you get him on the other end of the line, and what does he say has happened, the people with whom he's met, uh, why he went to Russia? He says he went over there with one purpose in mind, which was to tell Russia to stop messing with um, our elections, specifically Texas elections. Uh, he wanted to go over and, look, as he said, look him in the eye and tell him don't mess with Texas and its elections. Okay. Has Russia messed with Texas elections? Well, they've certainly messed with federal elections that happened in Texas, So, but I don't know if, they've, if there's been evidence that there's been uh, state elections in Texas that have been uh, attempted to target. But, but in the broader sense, certainly. I mean, the, the main effort from Russia to, to influence the election in 2016 was to drive Americans apart with these very partisan Facebook posts and mm-hmm. fake news articles. Uh, you know, that's why there's been so many indictments um, of Russians for this exact operation, and that certainly affected Texas voters as it did everywhere else. Okay, so John Lewis in studio. John's got a question for you. All right. Do you think Don Huffines looking the Russians squarely in the eyes and saying, don't mess with Texas, is going to be enough of a deterrent to get them to not to do that? No, personally, no. I mean, why would they... Why? Um, I mean, unless I they brought over the Russians' dads and they made them sit them all down and looked them squarely in the eyes like they just broke the window with a baseball, I don't see that actually fixing anything. Listen, I, you know, is it, important, is it important to tell Russia that we... Um, are upset about what they've done. Yes, that's important in Washington. It's why so much uh, pressure has been on President Trump, you know, for months when he wouldn't even admit that it happened. Mm. Um, You know, there's a value in public officials speaking strongly about this. And when they don't, as in President Trump's uh, early uh, months of this, you know, it's a significant harm, I think. 
However, I think one of the, the sort of weakness of Senator Huffine's position is maybe exposed by this exchange. You know, I asked him if they've promised since they promised not to do it in the future, did they bother to admit that they've already uh, meddled in our elections, as we know they have? And they said they they have not. They denied it forcefully, just like President Putin denied it to Trump. And when I asked Senator Huffines if he believed their denial, he said, no, I don't believe them. And so I think it's a fair question to ask, why would you believe a promise about future behavior if you're convinced they're lying to you now about past behavior? Yeah. Uh, and, and you didn't really have much of an answer. I mean, you can read the interview. His answer is that uh, it's important to, to let them know that we're watching, you know. But yeah. So, you can you can make of that what you will. Uh, Dallas Morning News editorial board and editorial writer Michael Lindenberg with us here on your other side of Texas. Uh, this is a quote. I came here spending my money, as you know, and I don't take a legislative salary or accept government benefits. I certainly paid for the whole trip to tell them that we don't want them meddling and it succeeded they said they would not meddle in our elections so what that says to me uh michael lindenberg is you don't make a deal without there being some sort of transacted agreement um did you ask him about well did did you promise don huffines out of the texas senate that Americans wouldn't meddle in Russian politics or that you simply looked them in the eye and says, don't mess with Texas, and they said, okay? Um, I, I didn't ask him that. I, personally, I think it's a stretch to assume that that he uh, offered some kind of exchange. Uh, I think it's a fair question, but in the absence of an answer, I don't think it's fair to assume that. But I will say this. Um, he said that uh, Senator Paul is bringing back a list of their concerns um, to Washington, and he's going to see that they're addressed. So they did get something out of this meeting. Did he meeting, say which what was, any of those concerns were? And he wouldn't say. He said that was for Senator Paul to disclose. Okay. All right. Well, uh, so, as we close out here with you, Michael Lindenberg, is there anything... Lindenberger, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. Um what else came to were there a couple of other things that you noted in the interview that you walked away with and still had questions about well you know I was interested he met with uh, former president uh, Gorbachev who has been very critical of Putin while he acknowledges there was a time where Russia needed to have an authoritarian response coming out of the, the chaos of the Yeltsin years for instance uh, Gorbachev has said that the future of Russia depends on a return to democracy, multi-party elections, strengthened judiciary, a culture of dissent, the things that we, for the most part, take for granted here. Um, and so I was hoping that he would have some dialogue about whether uh, uh, Gorbachev had any criticism for Putin or for Trump, for that matter, President Trump. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Senator Huffman's meeting with uh Gorbachev, uh, despite calling it one of the highlights, was very brief. And he said Senator Paul had a longer private one-on-one -on -one meeting with Gorbachev that he wasn't privy to. Hmm. I don't want to be tacky, but if I were asked point blank, at like the Michael Lindenberger program, 
And you yes. told me, is Mikhail Gorbachev still alive? I would have said no. I mean, I would have just gone on <laughs> math in my own head and been yeah. like, eh. I mean, it's great that Rand Paul met with Gorbachev and everything, but it would have been a lot nicer if he'd done it maybe, I don't know, 50 years ago, before all of this <laughs> yeah, had happened. Well, I don't know. I think Gorbachev is a really interesting world figure. So he is 90, and he's not well, sure. pulling very many strings. It's like visiting the museum, uh, man. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, if you had gone to... Uh, South Africa and had a chance to meet with uh, Mandela. I'm not trying to compare the two in terms of moral stature. Uh, I think you would have been happy to have done that. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. I would enjoy an interview with uh, Gorbachev for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, anything else you took away, Michael Lindenberger? He said that Trump didn't come up much. He said, and he rather than when given an opportunity to defend Trump's handling of the Russia. Uh, situation, or to criticize it, he chose to do neither. Wait, who he was he? he I'm talking about Senator Huffman. Okay, all right. Um, he chose not to criticize, nor to nor to compliment or support uh, President Trump's handling of the Russian uh, uh, Russian did, matters. Did I just he hear said you that he didn't did want to on... second guess the president. Okay, but so he, yeah. we're broadcasting from Lubbock. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yep. Natalie Maines went on a stage in another country, an ally, and said that she was ashamed of George W. Bush. Now, okay, I, this may seem like apples to oranges, but Dunn Huffines went in and did not support the administration? No, I want to be clear on that. Okay, okay. I, just to be clear, I, I asked him whether or not he thought President Trump had handled the Russian uh, matters well, and he chose not just as in his words, oh, the second guess. Okay, that was. But he also didn't take the opportunity to to defend him. Now, I'm not suggesting for a second that he somehow was disloyal, uh, you know, in Russia to the president. Okay, okay. That I'm glad I asked that question. Um, yeah, I would, no problem. Okay, so Michael Lindenberger, you can find his piece there up at DallasNews.com. Is it in print? It's going to be in print tomorrow. Uh, it should be in print on Sunday is the okay. plan. Our, okay. We do these interviews every Sunday, long-form long, long form interviews with, with newsmakers. Nice. Okay, that's good to know, because I've got my subscription to the Dallas uh, hey. News. I do. Yeah. Glad to hear it. Man, that, uh, you guys run a few series, so, you know, I know that you got a few subscriptions up here on the Cap Rock, and we're one of them, and we're glad to... Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, Thank you. We're glad to uh, expose the brand up here, and uh, that is... Michael Lindenberger of the Dallas News. Thank you for coming on, Michael. I know you got plenty going. I enjoy it. Thank you very much. I appreciate having me on. All Bye-bye. right. Uh, we'll see you next time you do one of these great interviews. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. All right. Have a, have a good day. Michael Lindenberger, ladies and gentlemen, right here on your other side of Texas, uh, we're going to get into our, our break. Let's little applause. <laughs> get into a break and uh, get back with you some analysis of what we just heard john lewis comedian john lewis you'll get to know him better as the program unfolds yeah uh, stick right with us here about 90 seconds from now right here on the other side of texas a shoe shine man make you shine where you stand leave me a tip if you can i'm a shoe shine man well, I can sing, I can dance, I can play the harmonica too. 
Howdy, Jay. West Texas Leeson here. I'm going to tell you about my friends at Flint Boot and Hat. They've been building hats since 1994 and repairing boots, I guess, since forever. My dog chewed up my ostrich boots. Jared and his guys replaced the heel, made them look new again, put new pulls on, and at a super affordable price, they've resold my boots, and they build great hats. Love these guys. Go check them out. 3035 34th Street or Flint Boot and Hat Shop at Flint and 34th Street. See more at FlintHat.com. Molded out of red clay and baked in the West Texas sun to perfection is the other side of Texas with Jay Leeson. Lord, it's the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Our friend John Lewis, comedian John Lewis in studio on Twitter at John Lewis Funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, the, the IS at the end of Lewis, John Lewis is funny, John Lewis funny. John yeah. Lewis funny. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, uh, John, tell us a little bit about how long you've been in comedy. I want to get back to this Russia thing here in a minute. Oh, sure. So um, make it make it quick. No, totally. I've been doing comedy one year. Um, went up one night at an open mic and was like, man, I want to do this. Uh, I have a podcast called Joke So Funny. You mm-hmm. can look me up there. Um, and uh, John Lewis is funny.com, John Lewis on Twitter, that kind of stuff. So, you know. So just a there. year, you've been doing it. Yeah, yeah, not long at all. You know, um, I needed something creative to do. I, I've been doing just kind of. Um, I've been a funny guy most of my life, right? But it's a much different thing to be funny in normal life and then go on stage and realize how unfunny you actually are and have to actually become funny. Boo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No booze. The, the worst part is I love a boo. If somebody boos, it's probably a good thing. The thing you don't want is just dead silence. Yeah. You know, like, That's this is where the joke is. Really you know, really don't like you. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you got any acts coming up? Yeah, I've got a great gig on Friday, so you can come up to the Lubbock Laugh-Off at World of Beer. Starts at uh, 9. It's a huge show. We have uh, the five best comedians in town, like, handpicked to go up and compete against each other for the the title of, like, best comedian in Lubbock, you know? Mm -hmm. Huge thing. Uh, There's going to be the guy who won it last month doing a 10-minute set in the middle. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, huge crowd. Like we we pack in probably 350, 400 people per show to these things. So if you want to see, get there early. It is free. Uh, food's great at World it of Beer. Starts at what time? Uh, starts at nine. Okay. But yeah. get there early because uh, it's gonna pack out. So you're on the docket. Yep. When are you gonna go up? Well, I mean, the way it works is we do uh, about three minutes a piece of straight stand up right in a row and then we'll do improv and then we'll break for uh, the main comedian to go up and do a 10 minute set mm-hmm. and then we'll roast each other at the end so I'll be sprinkled in throughout the whole night alright so let's get back to Don Huffines for just a second if you just join the program 31 state senators and Don Huffines elected out of the Metroplex uh, 2014 took a seat in 2015 and I don't have any audio to play from you. And he's been on with me before. And just to give you a good idea, but Don Huffines again. The quote is to go, we just had Michael Lindenberger, Dallas Morning News. They wrote an editorial, got some text to get to. I see you there. We will get to you. But I came here. He, so Don Huffines, a state lawmaker, like this is what always kills me. These guys will try over and over again to resolve federal issues from the Senate floor, <laughs> and they're just going to get shot down by the court because there is an opposite. Listen, 
despite whatever signs you've seen out that are already going up that may be black and white and say Beto on them, there is an opposi- there is an opposition party in Texas, and it's the federal courts. That's the opposition party in Texas right now. Uh, so you see them take on the federal government, like jousting Don Quixote at the federal government from the floor of the Texas Senate. But this whole other level, now we're taking out... Uh, international problems from the Texas Senate. I came here this is uh, Don Huffines quote and it was helpful for Michael Lindenberger to delineate the relationship of the Pauls and the Huffines over the years so that that explains why he's there now you can be there and then you can be there and and present it as though you created some huge you arbitrated some huge problem that has had no solution Mm -hmm. for the better part of 60 years I came here to Russia I'm quoting him spending my money as you know I don't take a legislative salary which is like 7,000 a year (laughs) or accept government benefits which is a bigger deal by the way well good he's not a welfare queen that's good no he's not he said that he's not taking the benefits of of uh, his elected office neither did I actually I haven't taken any of the benefits of my elected office When, when you were elected I'm a real libertarian okay I certainly paid for the whole trip Huffine said to tell them that we don't want meddling quote i'm quoting the whole thing but i'm trying to underline this and it succeeded they said they would not meddle in our elections is what the russians said to don huffine so let's uh you're a professional comedian i play Mm. one on the radio so don huffines is able to present a solution to an insoluble problem which is hardline KGB communist interference in western elections and what it seems to be vice versa that you know the west I don't know if he said that or not he said he told the Dallas Morning News nothing of the sort just implying he's a problem solver that's what he does he solves the but world's it problems is, it is the art of the deal so right. what what did you promise they promised what did you promise they didn't you didn't promise anything so here's my deal if Don Huffines can go on behalf of Texas in this great nation and broker a deal with the Russians to stop this problem and even Facebook over the last couple of weeks said we've already seen fake uh, groups begin to rise up like Ukrainians with asymmetrical haircuts tight skinny jeans hate their dads who sit like in igloos <laughs> all day long and hack the internet in igloos or whatever they live in and uh all of a sudden they're gonna stop like uh. they're gonna start online gambling sure they're gonna just gonna quit interfering in public and uh social media platforms and okay don huffines solving all the problems don huffines i love that he does that man so what else can uh, we put uh, Don Huffines on? I have a. Can I? Can I put something forward no, I mean, that I think there, he should work there are on? A lot of problems. That We've we got we a have. bunch of problems. I think if he was able to sit down with every teenage boy in the Ukraine and tell them not to mess with the United States elections, I think he should go to every home in Flint, Michigan, and by hand purify all their water. 
Okay, that's a great solution. I, I think it is, and I think there's more than one thing that he could fix. I think we've got a whole slew of problems, and he needs to tackle all of them. So he can start with Flint. Yeah. Yep. So, I think, also, this is my other thing. Okay. Next time we have a school shooting, all right, picture this. we got cops we outside the school. Well, that's going to happen. Yeah. Next time we have, you know, cops outside the school shooting, you're, you're looking for a solution, right? And then over the loudspeaker, this is Don Huffines. Come out of your house. We're here to take over and save the school. And then, and then, just as the shooter is walking out, Don Huffine body slams him right out of the right out of his peripheral. So he's going to take over a school shooting. Yeah. And make sure that. So my deal. I don't mean to trump you here. No, no please. This is your show. Um. I. I really think that we need to put Don Huffines on cancer. Uh, oh. it, there's one man in the country right now that can solve insoluble problems. It's obviously Don Huffines, <laughs> because the Russians just said they will not cross <laughs> us again. Uh, so, <laughs> cancer, if you can solve the Russian problem, then we need to put you on cancer. I think and so. Where's that special select committee to put Don Huffines? The D and MD Anderson stands for Don. Did you know that? It will. It will stand for Don. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we've been dealing with this Israeli-Palestinian problem since post-World War II and even before. Don Huffon's the man for the job. Uh, you got to send him. I think he could fix it. I, I think even further, I Don, think Don, Don Huffon's... Hold on, hold on. Don Huffon's parachuting into Tel Aviv <laughs> with a banner behind him. I'm here to solve all the problems. That's great. I now, love it. So, yeah, we could put him on that as well. Uh, put him on cancer. Maybe just bring him to Lubbock and help us figure out uh, Ragergate. I think that'd maybe be good. The plot's that. thick. We need somebody to sort through all the papers, you yeah. know, put some yeah. some red yarn up on the yeah. wall. It's uh, Don Huffons is here. Guess what? Everything is awesome. Like he's coming, he's coming out of, he's coming out of the plane. And what, what's his awesome. That's great. Yeah. So... I think the Palestine-Israel thing is a big thing to solve. And I think, uh, taking it a step further, why doesn't he just solve racism? Why can't he just solve all racism and prejudice, too, while he's at it? Jerry Jones, you need to get Don Huffines to go meet with all 32 <laughs> teams and talk about the need to stand toe with the line and not kneel, to come out for the anthem. And then, on Sundays, everything, everything is fixed. Is awesome. Don Huffons. I love that guy. Don Huffons is a man for America right now. I'm going to tell you right now. I can't tell you offhand what Senate district he represents, but uh, he's representing America. It doesn't even matter at this point. Um, he's representing the world. I want to take it a step further. I think he's representing this universe. Every problem that we have in this universe is going to be solved by Don Huffines coming forward and presenting solutions to all of these problems. Yeah. Uh, Bill, who you're going to hear from tomorrow... We call her Bill. This is him. His comment. So a guy with no pool talked to a guy <laughs> with no pool, and they agreed the world powers would behave themselves. Well, I can sleep better now. Well, I heard that the same thing happened at the Rager Dykes Auto Group. I can't. Oh, boom. I don't have the rim shot ready for you. No, no. Well, this is what happened at the Rager Dykes Auto Group. So we had uh, one of the salesmen, and he went over to the local Ford dealership, and he talked to the cashier for five or ten minutes. And it turns out Rager Dykes is not going under now. It's all solved. Oh. 
Yeah, so you know we're using oh, some. Oh, Don Huffines was in Lubbock. No, no, this wasn't even Don. This is I'm just showing another example of a low-level person okay. talking to another low-level person and figuring a situation out and okay. fixing the real problems All that right. we have. Well, that's uh, have the courage to follow up. Have have <laughs> have that courage. Uh, Going to go into our break here. Get into our last segment. John Lewis, ladies and gentlemen, carrying on with you here on other side of Texas. Be right back about 90 seconds from now. Get in some other news and notes and uh, maybe some stuff. And John Lewis funny. Hey, uh, welcome back into the program. Uh, John Lewis getting his bearings of live radio in the background. Welcome to live radio there, John Lewis. Sorry. That's all right. The red light's on. You can't talk. I'm just used to the Twitter button where you can just delete it. Undo. Doesn't fly here. Uh, Right here in this segment as we take you home. uh, Brought to you by Lubbock File Room. LubbockFileRoom.com. Providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services to Lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992. Speaking of getting rid of unwanted things. you got to go to Lubbock File Room. I think I mentioned to you that I took 90 pounds of old Leeson mail... All that stuff you don't want throwing into your dumpster. Uh, we use it for our business. We also use it at our home. Got it taken care of. $21 with a certificate of destruction. All that stuff just went away. I didn't even have to start a fire in my grill in the backyard and make the neighbors concerned that things were burning down. Avoid that as well. 806-744-7666. That's 806-744-7666. LubbockFileRoom.com. A couple other things just to... This has just essentially been Rager Dykes Week ever since uh, Tuesday night on this program. Uh, I mentioned earlier, and I want to put out a PSA that you really do. If you don't have a title on your vehicle and you bought it from Rager Dykes, you need to check that out. You need to get your VIN uh, checked out and you need that VIN number and to check it out with the county, to check it out with your lender and to make sure that you aren't driving a a hot asset essentially right now and that's a lot of people who this would be pertinent to that's our hope is that you'll get that checked out the VIN number on your paperwork verify that it's the same VIN number on your vehicle it's good practice by and large but essentially uh, or especially right now it's a practice that you need to partake in. Uh, you, you just got to get that stuff checked out. Um, to the news, to go back to Rager Dykes, uh, Matt Dotre, the Avalanche Journal, wrote a good piece today talking about a lot of how widespread Rager Dykes is across the region of West Texas and what concerns are. Now, I've talked with people offline in rural communities outside of Lubbock who are concerned about uh, and have been for some time about Rager Dykes. And I've, I've had sources who tell me stories that, and John Lewis, your take on this, but 
they and it's not funny but we've got to bring some levity to mm. real seriousness we treat it serious and then we want to make it engaging enough that uh <laughs> listeners are able i mean we don't want this whole thing to be a funeral even though it's a big problem well i don't know why you'd act like i wouldn't bring some levity to it like i mean i'm gonna be no i'm, no. I'm, I'm saying that we have to in general uh. I see. Uh, well, I'll treat it seriously. I think that the audio was a one-off. I mean, this is not an indicator of his personality or character in any way. I mean, I mean, there's no... Whoever said where there's smoke, there's a fire. I mean, that's not a real thing. You know? Yeah. Well, on on the front about rural, rural folks, I've talked with people who've had people come in and finance their vehicles through a dealership and then they took those vehicles to Rager Dykes dealerships, traded them in. They were upside down on the note. And guess who didn't get their money for an elongated period of time? It was the dealer who financed the note in a rural community who went in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Mm-hmm. And the problem, Lubbock is the biggest small town in the world, but these smaller towns are smaller. And so then you've got to write up the credit. You've got to write up a credit report on somebody that you've known. Who, you know, you ate lunches at their parents' house growing up. And that's the situation that you're in. And then said person owes 60 days, two months, three months worth of car loans, uh, payments. And now they're behind the cue ball. And they're living week to week, month to month, and that vehicle was never paid off, and now they owe money that they don't have because it's already in the new vehicle. And there are there are more than a few of those stories out there right now. Now, to the point about the audio, yes, it is true. What the audio that we released, those things were. And I've heard directly from individuals at Rager Dykes, you signed a non-disclosure about those meetings. Now, I've talked to other Ford dealers and said, do your employees sign non-disclosures on what goes on in sales meetings? And the people with whom I've spoke has said, no. Why? We don't need to do that. Hmm. You're telling me it's not normal to talk about your mansion on 19th Street and your two airplanes while cussing out an employee? That's not standard practice in these larger companies? Well, and I understand, like, I'm empathetic, too, that even though it is not customary, based upon conversations I've had with people who run Ford dealerships, um, and it could be whatever dealership, but, you know, this has essentially become about Ford, and they say, no, we don't have non-disclosures. Uh, we don't need what you know, and it's easy well, to weird. be fair. It's easy at this point to say, "Why would we need it? We're above board, right?" Because they've got a whole new market emerging. So I understand that, but no, we don't have our people sign off on non-disclosures, and you know that's the heat that people are beginning to get. Who source that audio, and other audio, and more audio that's out there? That well, that's a they broke the law. I guess in those in their minds, they're in. I'd have to hear a lawyer talk about it. But did they break the law? I don't know. Uh, and they broke a company policy for sure. But 
these these are the lingering problems and i teased it earlier so let me say it this and john i want to hear your thoughts but john lewis with us here in the studio i the more i look at it this was an organized failure it wasn't a matter of when it was a matter not a matter of if it was a matter of when things would fall apart and the more i see and i got into this without intention it just here i am now in the weeds and the more i learn the more i think this is this is an organized downfall that there were processes in place and again this is just my initial reading and the news on Shane Smith helps me, in my mind, substantiate some of that. I don't know how you're going to put a lot of years that preceded him on Shane Smith as well. But it just seems to me that it was organized. Now, if you've got an organized plan, like I was walking on a roof today, and it had vinyl, that vinyl white stuff all over the roof. And there was a point where there was no boards or no structure underneath. I stepped on it and thought, my goodness, I probably, given my weight and then the load that came with it, it's probably 280 pounds. You just stepped on that vinyl. I don't think that's a load bearing. I don't think the plan in place is able to bear the load of all the unintended. Like, you tell me that mechanic that's been working there for i'm just saying hypothetically a guy who's been working there for 10 15 years mm -hmm. he doesn't have some stories to tell he's not going to reach out to people and start talking and is as fine-tuned as the plan might be again if there is a plan and it seems to me there is i don't think it's able to bear the load of the unintended consequences darling mm. Yeah, it would seem as though, in your analogy, you marched 280 pounds across the vinyl, and he's marching uh, six or 700 elephants across it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that it is going to bear the weight of uh, what all is going on here. But if anything, the audio just made me like Bart Rager more. I mean, you got to think about it that way. Like, this is a man who says what he thinks, you know? He makes people sign non-disclosures because uh, he wants to say what he wants to say, you know? Like, he's, he's on top of things. And it's true. He does have two planes. Listen, Jay, here's what you and I don't get about this situation. Um, we don't have planes. If we had two planes, we would understand what Bart was going through, all right? I don't have a mansion on 19th Street. I'm doing okay. I have a two-bedroom on 34th, but I don't have a mansion on 19th, so I can't really relate to him, you know? I'm not honest. I'm not as hardworking as he is, you know? So ultimately, like, I can't pretend to know what he's going through right now. He built this city, man. He was doing fine for years and years and years and this Shane guy comes in 10 years ago and derails the whole thing and now we're just going to bail on him? Well, I'm not. I think this uh, audio vindicates him. I think that he now is is you know free from all of these crimes. I think this is Watergate minus Nixon and uh, we don't have anything to worry about anymore. Are you done? I'm finished, man. Look, I just think that uh, if somebody says what they believe deep down, it's uh -huh. not our place to reject them. You know, I'm going to accept him with open arms because he said what he believed, you know? Yeah. He's right. I don't know how long Shane... Uh, so, I don't know how long... Shane, if we're going to have to close the show, I cannot get into all these text messages. <laughs> but uh, I don't know for sure how long Shane Smith's worked there. The AJ says that he worked there for, quote, the years, four years. 
Um, the only years that it took to ruin Bart Rager's career. That's how long he worked there. So I think that it's... Uh, I think it's what we need to do, based upon text. Um, we do have Funny Man, John Lewis in. Hell. It's fair to say that you're being facetious with everything you just laid No, I'm being 100% serious right now, and I don't know why you'd call me facetious. I'm like Bart Rager right now, and y'all are all just trying to jump down my throat. If I say what's in my heart, don't attack me, okay? Granted, I don't have two planes and a mansion on 19th, but I'm working on it. Okay. I'm sticking to my guns. Bart and I are sticking to our guns. My Bart buddy, that's what I'm calling him. personally? Well, I'm calling Bart. I mean, I just, you know, I have a little yeah. picture of him hanging up in my house, and I just kind of come in and, you know, I don't I don't cross when I pass in front of it, but I kind of, like, bow a little bit, you know? Like, okay. he's my Bart buddy. So, That's what I do. So, like, the Chinese equivalent of Mao. Well, I don't call him that. I do call him Chairman Bart, though. I mean, I don't know if that's weird or not. Funny man, John Lewis, as we close out here. We appreciate you coming in, John Lewis. Thank you. Thank you. And I think it's because you're as funny as you are. Tomorrow on the program, Brandon Darby has just done a tour on the border, and I've seen him. Uh, I've, I've talked with him. I've heard him talk about things that he saw, uh, some tragedies down there uh, that he's been looking into and investigating. Again, uh, John Smith closed out the program. You and Michael Lindenberger, appreciate you making time and for michael lindenberger making time again next act is up friday come out nine world of beer come see me be funny nine o'clock world of beer for john lewis michael lindenberger and some laughs we appreciate you tuning in this edition and we look forward to being with you next time right here on the other side of texas and honey,